Welcome to Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces. I'm your host, Cassiopeia. You can find new episodes every Friday on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to follow along on Instagram and Facebook for all future updates at creepycases.spookyspaces. Due to the nature of this show, some of the details can get pretty graphic, so listener discretion is advised. Even those who don't believe in ghosts, or those who seem to be on the fence, are quite intrigued with this week's spooky space. Not only did it serve as a granary and a general store and a family residence, it also served as a county courthouse, a ballroom, billiards hall, a theater, and much more. And now it's actually a California State Historic Landmark and Museum. The U.S. Department of Commerce lists this building as an authentic haunted house, only one of two in the country, along with the Winchester Mystery House we heard about in episode one. Both Hans Holzer, a ghost hunter who has since passed on, and the TV show America's Most Haunted has named it the most haunted house in the United States. Officially and certified. This week's Spooky Space Adventure takes us to San Diego to visit the Whaley House. It's actually quite the stormy day here in Central Florida as I record the podcast. So if you hear some thunder rolling in the background or the tree outside my window banging around a little bit, I chalk it up to Mother Gaia just helping me ramp up the spooky of this episode. Let's begin. Thomas Whaley himself has quite the extensive history, uh, much like the Whaley House, from many ventures in business and traveling back and forth between New York and California to aid his widowed mother, he finally ended up in San Diego, where in May of 1856, Thomas Whaley began construction on a one-story building that would pose as his granary that could hold up to 400,000 pounds of grain that would be sold in his general stores. In September of the same year, he began construction on the first two-story building in San Diego with the start of his home a $10,000 Greek Revival-style residence. As someone who's actually looking into purchasing a home, I only wish 
houses were still $10,000. The bricks were actually made in Whaley's Brickyard, another one of his business ventures, and it was called the handsomest and most convenient house within 150 miles. The upper floor was meant to serve as the family's residence, while the lower level would be the general store. Over the years, Whaley's store would go through some pretty tough times where it would close down temporarily, reopen, close down again, causing the Whaley's to live through bouts of financial hardships, causing him to open stores in various other areas, and at one point even move his family to his other property in San Francisco. In 1858, after a fire broke out in one of his many stores, they took quite the financial blow. So he went to New York where he would be to collect part of a sale that was done by his mother. But in the summer of 1868, the family returned doing a major renovation on the dilapidated property and reopening the general store. From December 1868 through January 1869, a theater run by the Tanner Troupe operated in the front upstairs bedroom. It consisted of a small stage and provided seating for 150 people. They offered a wide variety of versatile entertainment from drama, farce, comedy, singing and dancing burlesque shows, and much more. The rent to Whaley was to be $20 in gold coin every month. But unfortunately, Mr. Tanner passed away only 17 days after open. In July of 1869, the Convention of the Union Republic Party of the County of San Diego assembled for election in suit of two rooms to use in the Whaley's house. And in August of 1869, the County of San Diego signed a two-year lease to use three of the rooms as a courthouse upstairs in the Whaley home for $65 a month. In 1871, the district court ordered the removal of the courthouse records and furnitures to be moved to another place to use. And while Thomas Whaley was away on business, men showed up with guns and forcefully bullied Anna Whaley, while it was just her and the children at home. In 1873, the Boys and Girls Club in the area began renting the home and using it as a dance and convention hall. 
1885, Thomas began construction on a one-story home that eventually became the family residence for a number of years while they rented out the two-story larger home for various activities. Thomas Whaley passed away December 14th, 1890. We'll return to our spooky space right after these words from our sponsors. smell that? The fairies must be whipping up something new over at the Wiccan Fae Candle Nook. The new layered candles are a must-have for any candle lover. You can choose from three scents to create your very own garden soiree or Sunday yummy Sunday. And the options don't stop there. With a wide variety of scent profiles and fun names like Bitch Slap Blue and Chill the Fuck Out, you're bound to find something for everyone. Right now, if you mention the discount code CREEPYSPOOKY at checkout, you can get 10% off your first order. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to pizzaandpigtails.com. Click the link in the left-hand corner and get your hands on your very own Wiccan Fay candle. Hans Holzer once stated, There are some human beings who are dimly aware of their own deaths, yet have chosen to stay on in what used to be their homes, to be close to surroundings they once held dear. Now, while the history of this family homes seems pretty cut and dry and straightforward, perhaps this home was doomed to be haunted before it even existed. In 1852, Yankee Jim Robinson was publicly hanged on the site the Whaley House now occupies. And the interesting part is Thomas Whaley was actually present at his hanging. So he knew the history of the land before even purchasing. Accused of grand larceny, Robinson was executed. His death, a rather unpleasant display. The gallows were situated on the back of a wagon, and being the tall man that he was, Jim's feet were able to touch and hold him up. One newspaper reported that when his legs were finally pulled out from under him, he swung back and forth like a pendulum until he died. Shortly after the construction of the home was completed, Thomas and his family began to hear heavy footsteps as if a large man was walking through the house. He must not have been too much of a pain or evil as Lillian, the youngest daughter, stayed in the home until 1953. 
Over the years, many of the Whaley family died in the home, including Thomas and Anna, their children Lillian, Thomas, Violet, and Francis. During restorations, workers and visitors alike experienced strange and mysterious sounds, sights, aromas, and encounters. Not long after moving into the home, Thomas and Anna's young son, who was only 18 months, passed away from scarlet fever. A few months later, a fire destroyed the general store, and the family moved to San Francisco until 1868. In August of 1885, after going through a rough marriage of only two weeks after her husband abandoned her, their daughter Violet was granted a divorce. Now, divorce was very uncommon and often looked down upon in those times, so Violet was full of humiliation, shame, despair, and depression, and she committed suicide by a gunshot wound to the chest. This was not her first attempt, as she actually tried to drown herself a month prior. The note she left behind read, Mad from life's history, swift to death's mystery. Glad to be hurled anywhere, anywhere out of this world. It's believed that Violet still hangs around the home, keeping mostly to the second floor where she spent much of her time after her divorce before her suicide. The areas become quite cold, and her present is felt. She also turns lights on upstairs and sets off the burglar alarm. Baby Thomas, the first in the family to pass away, has always been in the home. Reports of tiny footsteps, a child crying, and even phantom giggling can be heard throughout the house. Thomas and Anna themselves have been sighted in the home, as if they're living life, as if it never ended. Still in the 19th century. Thomas has been seen wandering through the house, smoking his pipe near a window, and he also stands at the top of the stairs in his frock, coat, and top hat, as if he's ready to go out on the town. Anna has been seen tending to her motherly duties, such as rocking a baby, tucking children into bed, and folding clothes. And sometimes the family rocking chair can be seen moving when no one is in it. Some claim they can smell French perfume, which was Anna's favorite and signature scent. The sound of piano music will also fill the air, and some think that it's Anna playing her favorite songs from her living days. In 1964, Regis Philbin actually visited the museum, 
and was startled to see a wispy figure of Anna moving along the wall. When he shone his flashlight on her, she disappeared. Most of the spirits that are around are related to the family somehow, and that's understandable as they inhabited the area for so long. Actually, almost a century. A young girl dressed in 19th century clothing, who is believed to be a friend of the children's, has been seen all around the house. You can find her playing with toys, smelling flowers out in the garden, and running through the dining room quickly while giggling, maybe playing a game of hide-and-seek or tag. Some say she died while playing on the property after getting tangled in a clothesline, either breaking her neck or strangling herself. Some believe that this spirit was made up as no record of her death has ever been found. One visitor talked about how she walked into the courtroom area and saw a woman in a calico skirt like those worn in the 1800s. She said that she didn't feel evil, but she also wasn't the most welcoming spirit, and she was most likely connected to something that happened in that courtroom. The ghost of a man dressed in business attire is also seen in the former courtroom, but he tends to disappear quickly, so no one is sure who he is. A lot, a lot of people speculate that he could be a lawyer from those days, or maybe even someone who was defending himself. In addition to these spirits, unexplained singing, whistling, and music can be heard throughout the house. Lights turn themselves on and off. Crystals in the lamp swing on their own. Perfume, cigar smoke, and baked goods float from the empty kitchen. And furniture has even been seen levitating. Even the family dog, Dolly Varden, is seen running around and heard barking while playing in the yard. When you visit, you can actually view photos taken by previous visitors, and they all contain mysterious shadows, orbs, and mists. If nothing else, I'd say the Whaley House in San Diego holds quite the history and quite a bit of mystery as well. While it's temporarily closed at the moment, you should definitely add it to your spooky space bucket list once it opens back up. So this is where I turn the microphone to you. What do you think of the Whaley home? Do you think that the family still holds on because they lived in the area for so long? How about Yankee Jim? Is What's his connection? I understand that some ghosts don't realize that they've passed on 
and they hold on to the place that they last were. But when something so detrimental and stressful happens, why would the spirit choose to hold on to that area? Tell me your thoughts. You can send me a message straight through the anchor.fm page for the podcast. You can send me a message on Instagram or Facebook at creepycases.spookyspaces. Or you can send me an email directly at creepycases.spookyspaces at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to help support research and random necessities for the podcast, you can do so through the anchor.fm podcast page as well. Until next time. Creepy Cases and Spooky Spaces with Cassiopeia is an Ink and Memory production. Content researched and written by Cassiopeia. Audio editing done by Ink and Memory Productions. You can find new episodes every Friday on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartMedia, or your favorite podcast platform. If you'd like to join the discussion, recommend a creepy case or a spooky space, or join me on a future episode to discuss all of the above, you can reach out through the anchor.fm podcast page. You can send me a message on Instagram and or Facebook at creepycases.spookyspaces, or you can send me an email at creepycases.spookyspaces at gmail.com. If you'd like to help support the podcast, always appreciated, you can do so through the anchor.fm podcast page.